0: Chapter twenty seven of Paul, a Herald of the Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Paul, a Herald of the Cross by Florence M. Kingsley. Chapter twenty seven A Light of the Gentiles. For myself, I am resolved to go no further. I shall return to Jerusalem. The face of the speaker was pale and determined, though the hand which he laid on the rude table trembled visibly. The three travelers had just arrived at Perga, and had broken a long fast at the little inn near the wharf. The older men discussed plans for the future as they ate. They determined that since the greater part of the population of the city was about making its annual migration to the mountain uplands, it would be useless to tarry in Perga. We will follow the caravans, preaching wherever we have opportunity. Paul had said, looking thoughtfully at John, who sat opposite him, "'We shall thus be able to make our way through regions otherwise inaccessible. Truly all things work together for us when we are about our master's business.' Then it was that the young man had announced his determination to return to Jerusalem. There was dead silence for a full moment after he had spoken. Presently Barnabas asked, his voice full of anxiety, "'Art thou sick?' Nay, cousin, I am well enough in body, but I am sick at heart, said John, rising to his feet and pacing restlessly up and down. Of what use is our labour? There are but three of us to face a world. These Gentiles to whom we preach profess to believe, it is true, but what will hinder them from returning to their false gods once we have left them? The Roman Sergius Paulus listened to the Jew Bar Jesus and believed yesterday he heard us beheld a miracle and believed to-morrow it may chance that a wandering chaldean with his blasphemous magic will claim his ear and he will again believe and for such trophies as this we are about to penetrate a wild mountain region of which we know nothing save that famine and thirst and wild beasts abound there follow a caravan madness we could not keep up with it i tell you that we throw our lives away to attempt such a thing and why indeed should we attempt it is there not work in abundance lying ready to our hand at home are there no gentiles in judea as i have said i am constrained to abandon the project here and now and thou wilt do well cousin if thou shalt think twice before leaping into the darkness which is before thee "'God hath blessed thee and kept thee in these past days, my son,' said Barnabas, his voice trembling. "'Surely he will not forsake thee now, who hast laid thy hand to the plough in the strength and vigor of thy youth?' "'I am ready and willing to work,' answered the young man solemnly. "'But a prudent man must count the cost of his ventures.' The deep voice of Paul broke the silence that followed. "'Thou hast said a true word, friend,' he said. A prudent man must count the cost of his ventures. But I count not my life as dear unto myself since Christ died for sinners, of whom I am chief. Thou shouldest be able to endure hardness, my brother, even as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. If a man would run in the arena, he is not crowned except he finish the race. Yet go thy way, if thou canst not come with us willingly, and the Lord give thee a better mind so the man turned back to jerusalem carrying a sore heart within his bosom but paul and barnabas went on into the mountain ranges of taurus travelling sometimes with a passing caravan sometimes alone and on foot toiling over well-nigh impassable tracts of desert country parched with the glaring heat of cloudless noons drenched by the sudden storms in perils of waters in perils of robbers in perils of the wilderness in weariness and painfulness in watchings often in hunger and thirst in fastings often in cold and nakedness until at length after many days they came to the roman colony of antioch just beyond the great pass into poseidia in antiochia caesarea as it was also called, they went to the synagogue of the Jews at the appointed time for worship, and when, after reading of the law and prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent to them, as was the custom, saying, If ye have any word of exhortation for the people, we pray you give it now. Paul stood up, and he began speaking, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God, pay good heed to what I shall say to you all that were in the synagogue fixed their eyes eagerly upon him for his message shone in his face first the speaker reviewed briefly the wonderful history of israel chosen from among the nations delivered out of egypt sustained in the wilderness during the long training time of forty years brought with a strong arm into the land of promise passing on over the rule of the judges prophets and kings of israel he spoke of david of whom also god said i have found david the son of jesse a man after mine own heart which shall fulfill all my will of this man's seed hath god according to his promise raised unto israel a savior jesus then, in words plain, simple, and easy to be understood, he proclaimed unto them the marvelous life and death of Jesus, rejected and slain by the dwellers in Jerusalem, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, which also they fulfilled in condemning him. And when they had accomplished all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead, be it known unto you men and brethren that through this man it is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of moses beware therefore lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets behold ye despisers and wonder and perish for i work a work in your days a work which ye shall in no wise believe though a man declare it unto you when the service was finished, the rulers of the synagogue and the chief men went away without further notice of the two strangers, for they were displeased with what had been spoken. But many of the humbler Jews, together with certain Gentiles who were proselytes, followed them and asked that the same words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Paul and Barnabas talked with these further and persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God and when the elders of the congregation looked forth over the mixed multitude which filled their quiet orderly place of worship full even to the overflowing they were angry look you said the ruler of the synagogue who was called eliphaz here be blasphemers eaters of the unclean beast, and idolaters the which these men have gathered from out the four corners of our city our synagogue is defiled by them the sanctity of the law is threatened the peace of israel is disturbed so now let us withstand the man to his face and he shall speak lest the walls of our zion be broken down and we be left desolate accordingly as paul again proclaimed the glad tidings of jesus a savior from sin a holy and acceptable sacrifice made once for all releasing man from the burden of the law a christ raised from among the dead into an eternity of glory they broke in with loud denials calling upon the people to pay no heed to the strangers who are these men cried the ruler of the synagogue beating the air with his hands who come unknown and unheralded into our midst behold they speak lies and blasphemies if this man jesus whom they proclaim was condemned to death by the most holy council of jerusalem then are we satisfied that he deserved to die for what higher or more sacred tribunal is there on earth than the sanhedrim if he was crucified you that are romans will know that he must have been a great criminal for roman justice hath become a proverb even among us shall we who live holy lives after the law suffer these loud-mouthed strangers to speak against the law shall we who long for the coming of our promised king listen without a protest to these blaspheming knaves and how they proclaim in this holy place a criminal done to death on the accursed tree as the messiah of israel an indescribable tumult followed this outburst. Some crying out one thing and some another. But Paul and Barnabas stood unmoved, silenced indeed by the uproar, but calm and evidently unafraid of the now furious Jews. Away with them! Away with them! Shrieked some. Stone the blasphemer!s Hear, hear! Let us hear what they will say at length some measure of order having been restored by the active interference of the officers of the synagogue paul turned to the man who had insulted them it was necessary that the word of god should first be spoken to you he said with no sign of anger in face or voice but seeing that ye thrust it from you judging yourselves to be unworthy of eternal life lo we turn to the gentiles for so hath the lord commanded us saying i have set thee to be a light of the gentiles that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth at this the greeks and other foreigners who were in the synagogue raised a cry of joy and triumph many of them also believed and these carried word of the glad tidings throughout all the country about antioch but the jews were not minded to let the matter rest among their proselytes were certain foreign women of high rank who had embraced the jewish faith with all the ardor of empty hearts to these women they went knowing full well that through them they might hope to enlist the co of the authorities who knows noble lady said the wily eliphaz to the wife of the roman deputy but that like the noble queen esther of old thou wast called to the kingdom for such a time as this if thou shalt through thine influence rid our city of these noxious blasphemers the blessing of jehovah shall abide with thee in no small measure the lady straightway laid the matter before her husband "'Turbulent strangers created a disturbance in the synagogue, set the Jews by the ears.' "'Not a hard thing to do. They are quarrelsome dogs,' grumbled that official, frowning. "'Peaceable enough before, dost thou say? Well, that is true. And the religion of the Jews is the only true religion? Yes, so thou hast told me before. Well, what dost thou want of me in the matter?' "'Put them to death, my lord,' cried the lady.' an angry glitter in her blue eyes they are blasphemers the roman shrugged his shoulders thou art an over-apt pupil my julia he said philipping her pink ear betwixt his thumb and forefinger i must take thee back to rome till thou shalt forget what these hypocritical knaves have taught thee for by apollo i like it not yet i will see to it that these beggars be sent about their business and at once there shall be no disturbances of any sort in the place whilst I govern it. So it happened that Paul and Barnabas received official notice that their presence in Antioch was no longer desired. "'If ye be found in the borders of the city after midday,' ran the order, "'we can no longer be answerable for your bodily safety.' "'When they persecute you in one city, flee ye to another,' quoted Barnabas, handing the missive to his companion." we have kindled the fire said paul thoughtfully the opposition of the jews is even as the empty wind which will serve to spread the flames far and wide come let us be going End of chapter twenty seven